I'm going to be honest, I have said it before, Kate Drummond's side eye scares the crap out of me. Welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast, where my wife has just admitted she is terrified of Kate Drummond and her side eye. She's the ultimate villain, and I swear to God, if she said my full name, I would pretty much freak out. (laughs) Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Hey. (laughs) Anyway, bringing it back to the episode, Mm -hmm. we just finished binge watching the first season of Utopia Falls. Yes, and in true Forever Fangirls fashion, we are going to get into the good, the bad, the cute, the unicorn poop Mm. of the first, and so far only, season. Yes. But before we do that, we are going to have to do our standard banter music here because we don't want to spoil anybody. So again, if you have not seen Utopia Falls, pause us, watch the show, come back and listen to the podcast. If you don't mind being spoiled, well, feel free to continue listening. Yes. And speaking of spoilers, as we are recording this, the U.S. The U.S. Open Women's Tennis Championships. Can I say that again? Yes. The U.S. Open Women's Tennis Championships was yesterday. And I had to record it because I couldn't watch it live. And you knew who won, but you made sure that I wasn't spoiled and helped me keep away from any news that would spoil me. So I just wanted to say thank you. Well, I, I do know how much tennis, you know, means to you, even though you didn't get to, you know, see it in person. Although it was really cool that one time you volunteered and you were in person and I was watching a match and then I saw you in the volunteer (laughs) box and I took a picture of my TV. I know. You could tell because I had like a big bright orange shirt, I think. No, it was a yellow camera. No, but you also had a yellow, an orange volunteer shirt. So I stuck out. Well, I mean, there were other volunteers. Yeah, but the thing is the bright orange gets the camera. So my focus went there and then I saw your bright yellow uh, (laughs) You know, little uh, digital camera. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. It was really cool. Yes. And I've been volunteering at the US Open for like the past nine years. But obviously, I did not volunteer this year because of COVID. 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 Ruining your summer. COVID. Yes, it did. Takes the US Open away. COVID. At least for the volunteers. I can't sing. So I'm just going (laughs) to stop. To me, to be honest, it didn't absolutely mean anything to me because my player was not in the final. Well... Just saying. You know what? In any event, um, because there might be tennis enthusiasts who are listening to us, I'm not going to say who won either because I don't want to spoil them. Um, The men's final was today. Mm -hmm. It just finished. And it was like... Last oh my man God. standing. Yes, essentially. And I'm not going to spoil that either because... I'm not going to spoil it, but can I just say that women's tennis, I feel, is much more entertaining to watch than men's tennis. Well, because we played tennis. No, it's not even just that. It's just the... It's the way it's played. It's kind of the same for me when I'm watching women's basketball as opposed to men's basketball. I find the women's basketball more entertaining. And I I can't really put my finger on it, but that's just how I feel. So Mm. I just wanted to share that. Okay. I actually miss us playing tennis where I'm on the baseline, on the deuce side, ready to serve. And you're at net because we're playing doubles. 
and I serve out wide, and then your wingspan just takes care of the point from there, and you just put it away. It's just, it's an awesome thing to do. I love playing net. Yes. But do you know what I don't miss about playing doubles with you? What? Is when your serve went off my head. Uh, You know, I said I was sorry. (laughs) The thing is, my wife is 5'2", I am 5'9", so when she goes to serve, even if she jumps to serve... I'm 5'9", even crouched. You know, I can't, unless I'm kneeling, I really couldn't go too low. And you hit that serve right off the back of my head a few times. That only happened once. No, it happened a few times. You hit my butt once. Oh, oops. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, that is our banter for today. That's just because she doesn't want to talk about how many times she hit me with a tennis ball. I said I was sorry. I'm teasing you. I love you. It's okay. So we're just going to go right in to the heart of Utopia Falls. Yes, but before we do that, here's the summary from IMDb. Are you going to read it with an accent? I don't do accents. I told you that. Fine. Anyway. In a genre-bending take on a coming-of-age story, a group of teens in a distant future colony uncover an ancient forbidden archive of historical, cultural, and musical relics. This discovery forces them to question everything they've been taught and use the power of music to ignite change in their reality to expose the truth. So now that you have given the lovely plot summary, this is my good. Okay. And, and there's, there's actually, I think, a lot of... Um, underrated good and that's where a lot of people might have been like oh well it was fine but i think it was actually really if you put them all together made a really solid um series okay i love kate drummond being evil i don't know what it is about her as an actress but when you give her a meaty evil role she scares the living daylights out of me yeah she is a character that you love to hate i mean every time that she was on screen i was like oh no there she is. I'm going to be honest. I have said it before. Kate Drummond's side eye scares the crap out of me. <laughs> it's true, though. It's like she just gives this little side eye and you're just like, you better run, Tempo. Uh-oh. Mm-mm. Run, Tempo, because she's going to. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. You, Kate Drummond as Fydra, she really, especially when she's like with that red jacket. It's very imposing. Yes. You know, she has a way of carrying herself in every scene that even when she's not saying anything, just the, the, the either the side eye or the way she's standing, um, she uses her space in a way that brought an extra layer to the character. Yeah, she does command the, the scene whenever she's in it. But speaking of a red jacket, I have to say the wardrobe, which I normally don't pay attention to because, you know, wardrobe is cool, but, you know, whatever. Mm. Considering, you know, the the futuristic feel of this. I have to say the wardrobe was rather cool. Although I couldn't walk around with Phydra's hair for too long. Cause I would probably get a headache, but like her outfits, um, it was just, it was well done. It made it feel like it was a different period. Yes. But I really, really, really want that red leather jacket. Only because it's red. Of course. <laughs> I'm not arguing that point. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, speaking of authority, Phydra, which is and okay. tempo, which is the character that Kate Drummond played. Mm-hmm. Um, the one good thing for me that really sticks out was that twist at the end where we find out that Tempo is her son. Which fascinating, isn't it? It's like absolutely like, what? what? Yeah. I mean, I, I really didn't see that coming. Neither did I because she made it seem as if 
she got out of there uh, out of five and it was her parents fault and she would never go back again and mm-hmm. she would never do that to children and in a matter of fact she has never done that to children because she has literally helped him get out of everything well it's her son no i know that but i'm saying the vibe i got in the beginning was that Phydra would never have children because she would never subject children to what she was subjected to oh i got you okay and indirectly i was right it's just she protected her child so when that happened i was like oh oh uh oh yeah (laughs) it's like what what does this mean now yeah especially since in you know when they said that the winner of the the contest the exemplar the exemplar was going to be the uh ambassador Right, that they they would have a space on Which the council. Is interesting, and she was not she was not for it. She did not want that to happen. No, she didn't because that would they would also be um, given, in my humble opinion, if I'm understanding correctly, they would be given access to a lot more information than they are on a regular civilian level. Mm-hmm. So, if he, who is obviously now he is the winner by default, yep, but he's the winner. He is the ambassador. And she's basically just gotten rid of everybody on the council. Everybody on the council. So the council is her and her son. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, dictatorship. That. Well, I mean, it is. Yes, but yeah, I'm. It's not even going to go there. <laughs> well, yeah, and I guess that's the you know. Hopefully, there's going to be a season two so that we see what happens. Well, but we're not going to go into the. Sp- Speculation. No, we're not. I'm just. I'm just thinking. The spoiler speculation. Well, that's that's your department. It is. Um, but I really do want to see what happens now that you know the situation is what it is. Anyway, that that was that was one good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, another good was I thought the music and the dancing. Like I, I used to dabble in that in high school. So seeing that on TV brought back memories for me of like when I was on the dance team and doing, you know, competition type things. So I thought that was really cool. I can't dance at all. Yes, you can. No, I, you think I can dance, but what you actually see is me just standing in place and shifting my weight from one foot to the other. Okay. That's still dancing. Not like this. This was well choreographed. A lot of talent and brilliant moves all put together in a way that there's no possible way I could even fathom replicating anything they did. Well, I can't do that level either, but, you know, it's, yes, it is really cool to see them do that. What was really impressive to me was how Tempo, when he was basically doing the dancing on the floor and carrying his weight on just his arms, I'm like, oh my dear God. The way, um, I want to say Sage 5? Yes. Her capoeira Mm. was beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen it done, you know, in videos, but the way she did it and the music they put to it, it was just beautiful. Yeah. And I really appreciated it and I liked it. Yeah. So just the dancing, the music for me was just like, oh, that is so awesome. And it just really worked. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of Sage 5... Mm-hmm. And Brooklyn, too. Why are you saying their names like that? Well, it, I just, I wanted to say Brooklyn. Because, you know, 
I haven't been to Brooklyn in like eight months. <laughs> I can't even consider driving around there. We've none of us have really done anything. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let, let's get honest. The relationship between Devin Nakoda's Sage Five and Humberly Gonzalez's Brooklyn Two. Yes. It was so innocent and adorable. Mm-hmm. I felt it was like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like that first finding someone you like and then the weirdness of do they like me or don't they? Yeah. And do you have common ground? And then bringing each other out of their shells and getting to know one another and actually like putting it out there saying, I really like you. Yeah. And it, it was just, I like that. It was a, the stereotypical high school type feel. Yeah. But done well. Because you don't want to be vulnerable and get hurt. But the only way to like really have a relationship like that is to make yourself vulnerable. And unfortunately, to get hurt. Yeah. Because that's the only way you grow. Yeah. And oh. We know that very well, don't we? Yes. Well, I have to, you know, really say I liked like their, their relationship. I really liked how they played off each other. Mm-hmm. I really liked how they worked together. So I would I'm I would be excited to see how that continues to develop if there is a season two. Yeah. So any other good? I do have one last thing. Um, I have to commend the entire team behind the series because they do have a very diverse cast. I mean, I was really happy to see that the lead, Aaliyah Five, mm-hmm. is actually a daughter of uh, the councilman. I think his name is Gerald. Her father's mm-hmm. name is Gerald, and so she's a product of a mixed, um, a, a mix. She's mixed race, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, having that and having that representation, I think, is is good because that really does represent the world. You know, it's not all one canvas. There's a lot of different colors in there. So, I thought that was really cool. All right, so that is our good. How about the bad? Oh, you want me to go first? You went first with the good. Oh. Um, my biggest issue was the pacing. Mm-hmm. It seemed very slow in the beginning episodes. And then the last few, it was like, bam, 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 bam. All this information, very fast paced, very like the editing was sharp. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, now it's over. That's interesting, because you thought that the first part was slow. I thought towards the the latter part of the series, they could have shortened that a little bit and made it like really tighter. What's funny to me is in the the beginning, it's a lot of the exemplar information and a lot of setup, right? And Mm -hmm. a lot of development and a lot of dancing and a lot of music, right? Yeah. And in the second half, it's more the action and more of the ramifications of what the first half did so for me it was a matter of the exemplar was the focus Mm -hmm. and i just there were little snippets where i was like okay i don't understand what's going on here and i don't understand its reference so it didn't feel clear so therefore it felt like it dragged a little bit Mm. or it just felt like there were moments where i was like why do we need this okay Um, Whereas in the second half, it felt like they had so much more information they needed to finish and they only had like four more episodes to do it. So now they had to throw everything at you and get it done and get it done well so that it made sense. That's really interesting because I felt 
I felt the opposite. Like I liked knowing how they set everything up and how, you know, you, you, we're getting introduced to the world of Utopia. Right? False, yes. Utopia false. So I was actually more engaged in the first few episodes. And then toward the end, I'm like, okay, what is going to, it's like they were building up to the, the climax and it, it just, it took so long to get there. See, maybe it's because you're a dancer and because I don't like you, you play, you play instruments. Um, you're a singer, you're a dancer. Those are traits I don't have. Mm. So for me, it's like, while those scenes are gorgeous and beautiful and very entertaining, I felt like I lost information Mm. that they were trying to give me like because i didn't pick up on it okay and that that could just be me because when i started seeing the action i went oh that's what that meant oh that's and i kept referencing back and in a way it slightly annoyed me to have to do that Mm. but i appreciated that at least i still could do that because you could tie it back but it also meant the writing and performances were so good that they were memorable to me to then reference back okay i gotcha but you know seriously comes in through the freaking shield and i gotta wait damn it (laughs) yes well um i guess you know in in that sense to me it reminded me a lot of the hunger games and divergent you know the whole the young adult yes dystopian yes very much so i mean there are are differences there are differences but the I don't know, maybe it's because, you know, there was a a dance competition, Mm -hmm. right? And in the Hunger Games, they were competing for their lives. Yes. So Divergent, there's a wasteland outside the bubble they live in. Yeah. And then they find out there's no wasteland outside of the bubble. Right. So, you know, it it just hearkened. Sorry, I didn't mean to touch it. I think because we're never going to get the end of Divergent because they're just never going to film the final part. Yes, but you can read the book and you can find out what the ending is. But anyway, um, the my point was that it just it's it felt like the two together mm-hmm. in here, and it was very. There were some moments where it was hard for me to separate that this was a different saga. So you thought there were moments that were so similar that you couldn't break them apart, right? Even though I really did enjoy the music, it, it, it was like, hmm, I'm not sure. Yeah, there was, I mean, there was a lot of that between, you know, you have all of the, the varying districts, so to speak. You have yes. the world outside the world. Yeah, I, I, I really, in the very beginning, that was another thing that kind of, and I even did that to you. I literally, when they said, welcome to the, the exemplar, I said, the 75th Hunger Games. Yes, and I was like, really? But yes, it, it, it was that nagging in the back of my head that I couldn't quite place. And then you said that and I was like, oh, that's the nagging. (laughs) Yeah. But for me, the latter end, again, this is where the weirdness of, I guess, for me, the tightness of the episodes and the slowness and development. For me, the ending slightly started to make itself known, like it was unique Mm -hmm. and it was starting to develop itself in its own right. Mm -hmm. I wish they had done that a little sooner. Hmm. So well, that I didn't have that nagging voice. Right. And and that's I guess that's where I was uh, explaining earlier that it felt like they could have tightened things up a little bit. See, I don't know if they could have tightened up the end then. And I think this is where we're going to be one of those agree to disagree moments. Mm. Because for me, if they had left out 
information at the end and tightened it up, I would never have understood the beginning. Okay. So, yeah, I think this is going to be an agree to disagree moment. We haven't had one yet. <gasps> oh, my goodness. This is a first. Look at that. Wow. Isn't that cool? Has the world come to an end yet? No. Okay, good. <laughs> Any other bad? Uh, all right. It's not so much their fault, any of the production team or cast, crew, anybody. Mm -hmm. It ended on a cliffhanger. Doesn't every series? No. Every season? No, not necessarily. But uh, as a kid, there was a show I grew up watching. And I have a point for this little story. Forgive me. Okay. It was called Space Above and Beyond. I believe Steven Spielberg was behind it. it And it was airing on Fox, I believe. Anyway. It was an amazing series. I loved it. It was high production values, which I think Utopia Falls really had great production values. I I liked the sets. I liked, it didn't look like cheap CGI. Mm -hmm. It looked really good. Everything was amazing about the show. Loved the show. The whole family used to get together and watch it. It was like one of the rare moments we would actually get together and not kill each other and watch a show. And it ended on a cliffhanger where two people are in an escape pod and they're floating, praying to God that someone is going to pick up on their beacon and one of them is assumed dead. There's five characters. A third character is assumed dead. So the two are in the cockpit waiting, surfing around wherever. One is assumed dead. And I don't remember what happened to the other two. I think they kissed and something happened to them. I will never know if those people were ever found in the pod, if the guy's really dead, if the other two were in, like together. I will never, ever know. Why, you ask? Because it never got renewed for season two. But that is a classic way to I know. try to that's get why I'm saying it's not season. their fault but yeah. if it doesn't get a season two i am gonna seriously go wait a minute she came through the shield and then what what about the other two cities what the heck that's what i'm saying it's not their fault i understand it will, it will be a bad if it doesn't if it doesn't get a season two there are a lot of more questions that are yes. not answered and i'm curious as a sidebar tangentiality that i have how will they go about season two with the same music and dance, but there's no competition to do the music and dance. Well, that's why the other two places come into play, because maybe that's maybe that's where they get to express themselves in a different way. I'd be interested to see how they do that. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's hope that it's not another my so-called life. Cause Space that, above and beyond. My so-called life. I never saw that show. Oh, it was so good. But it only had one season. Never saw it. Anyway. And I think of Freaks and Geeks only had one season. There's so many shows that have only gotten one season that were... That were so good. Amazing shows. And yeah. they deserved a second season. I think Utopia Falls can be considered one of those shows that has amazing promise and really should be given the chance to de- develop itself even further than the foundation it's given. Yeah. I think you just secretly want to see more of Kate Drummond's side of I am afraid of her. <laughs> In this character. <laughs> I was afraid of her as Licato as well in Winona Earp. I'm going to say that now. But Kate Drummond in person. Um, oh, she's lovely. I, I didn't, we didn't get her autograph um, in Akon, but all I could hear was her laughter and her running around with the Bumblebee mm-hmm. uh, cosplay helmet. I thought that was amazing. And she's, she's a very lovely human being. Yeah. All right. So that's all of our bad, yes? Yes. Okay. Chanel, how about the cute Snoop Dogg? Oh my goodness. When when Archive came on on scene and you said, that's Snoop Dogg. I'm like, no, it's not. I was like, it can't be. 
And then you you had your phone with you and you looked it up and proved me wrong. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that is so awesome. I love Snoop Dogg. He he brings like the, I I don't want to say the humanity because there's a lot of humanity in it, but he brings like that cute comedy thing. Yes. Like in the commercials he does with like Martha Stewart. They're just, oh, I know. They're so funny and he's just unashamed, unabashedly, unabashedly himself. Mm -hmm. It was a really cool addition to the whole thing where he was actually voicing all of the, the history in Conversely, the archive. it made me feel a little old, though, <laughs> because he's the archive, and I remember all of his music, so uh, I felt a little old. Well, it's all good. So what else do you think is cute? Um, so you mentioned Brooklyn Brooklyn 2 and Sage 5 mm-hmm. and their, their uh, relationship. I really like... And we talked about it a little bit already that they're, you know, it's really cute. I really do think that Brooklyn bringing out Sage out of her shell and really getting to express herself so that she could do the dances and not be so rigid, you know, to actually feel the performance. Does that make sense? Yes. So, yeah, it's just... I can relate to that being that when I was learning how to sing for the first time, I was very timid and I needed help from friends to actually give me a little bit of confidence so that I can, I can be vulnerable in, in the performance and just let it flow through me rather than trying to perform. I don't know if that makes sense. It does, but can you scroll back a minute? You were timid singing because this is... You, who, and you're singing in our office, I can hear you in the basement. Well, that's because I'm singing, yeah, I, I'm singing covers to songs that no, I but like. I'm saying it's like, I'm, it, it's hard for me to see you as a timid singer when I've seen you sing karaoke, even if it's a cover, I've heard you sing in the house, you know, you love to sing. So for me, it's very difficult to see you as a timid individual in that regard. Yes. When I was much younger and just starting out, I could not find my voice. I knew I loved to sing but I just couldn't get to a place where I was comfortable. And you then, have a beautiful voice. And then to sing in front of a crowd. Yeah, no. That's like me being on stage in a play. It's just your hands sweat like hell right before you walk out there, and all of a sudden you're in character, and you're great, and you're doing fine. And the minute you sit up off stage, it's like you trip, and you're sweating, and you need your water. Well, that's horrible. because you're in character, so... Oh, it was horrible. But you do it very well, too, so... Yeah. Um, speaking of Sage 5... Mm-hmm. Her parents are adorable. Oh my goodness, aren't they? I hope we're like that when we're that age. And we better be. What do you mean we better be? I would not... I would think that there's something wrong if we like don't bicker. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, we still bicker now. Yes, and I, and I want that to continue until... We're dead? Yes. <laughs> this turned morbid really quickly. <laughs> okay, but final cute, for me anyway, and then is when they found that toolbox and he like lifts up a <laughs> wad of cash and he's like paper yeah. throws these like some gems or st- no, stones. You call them stones. stones it's yeah. like diamonds. I know. It's like, uh, but it highlights, stop laughing yes, but it highlights how, you know, the value of money or whatever it is that we, we put value in now might not be the same things that. Yeah. Money, money later. and things can't buy you happiness. They mm. never have. And they never will. 
Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, sure. money can't buy you happiness. Money can't buy you love. You know, gems and all this other stuff can't buy you happiness or love. Only you can, you know, be open to love when you love yourself type deal. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh, that's, I get that. That's so cute. But oh my God, they were laughing at bills. And I'm like, wow, that's like a stack of like $100,000 or something. Yeah. It was it's like, just wow. like, nope. Well, it depends. Because if it was all ones, that was like $100. But still. <laughs> well. It was still paper. It was paper, but it looked like Benjamin paper. So yeah, I was like, "Wow, he's just throwing away money." Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyway, is that all of our cute? I don't know. Is that all of your cute? That was all of my cute. <laughs> You're just looking at me. What is going on? I'm really trying to figure out if it was ones, fives, tens, thousands. <laughs> it's like, do we have a thousand dollar bill? Is there such a thing? I have no oh, idea. Oh my gosh. Okay, so. Um, I guess that is the end of our show. Um, what did you guys think of Utopia Falls? Was there anything we missed? Uh, drop us a line on Forever Fan Pod to continue the discussion there. You can also drop us a line on our new social media account on Instagram, which is also at, at Forever, Forever Fan Pod. Woo-hoo, I can remember both. Yeah, we deliberately did that so that Sheila won't forget. (laughs) But that is all for this episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and allowing us to take up a small part of your day. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, rate, review, and please do not start sending me Kate Drummond side-eye gifts. Just please don't. (laughs) Never look at my phone again. I'm going to do that. She is. I know it. Anyway, until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember... Archive has a lot of interesting things to say. All you have to do is listen.